from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie B. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Tuesday, June the 7th. Home sweet home. Back at Tim Hortons Field where the Thai Cats held day one of week one of the regular season ahead of Saturday's opener in Saskatchewan against the Riders Gaming Catch right here on the Ticats Audio Network. Thanks for checking us out. Really do appreciate it. The big voice guy is right. My name is Louie B. We've got a great show for you coming up in just a little bit. We'll be joined by the CFL on TSN's lead play-by-play analyst. That's Rod Smith. We'll get his thoughts on the Ticats and the rest of the CFL heading into this week's opener. Season getting underway Thursday in Calgary. That's where we'll find... Mr. Rod Smith, when he joins us in a little bit. We're going to hear from coach and president of football operations, Orlando Steinauer. We'll hear from quarterback Dane Evans, and we'll hear from Micah Johnson as well. All coming up here on the Ticats Audio Network on Ticats Today. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, or hit me up on Twitter at B underscore TV. Just one news and note to tell you about is the Ticats announced this morning that they added American offensive lineman Aaron Johnson to the practice roster. The 23-year-old played 48 games over four seasons at South Dakota State University. He is 6'6", 300 pounds and has experience at both right and left tackle during his time at South Dakota State. So the one little transaction the Ticats made ahead of hitting the field for the first time at Tim Hortons Field. And a reminder, 2022 practices back open to fans. So if you want to attend, just go to ticats.ca slash practice schedule. We will ask you to adhere to some rules like staying in section 104 and no autographs or pictures before or during practice. But Ticats.ca slash practice dash schedule is where you can find uh, when the Ticats will be out here. All right, let's hear from the head coach and president of the Ticats. That is Orlando Steinauer. And we started off by asking him today just the, the biggest difference between training camp and preparation for week one. Here's what he had to say. The weather. The weather was a little bit different today. We prayed for rain and got it, so that was awesome. Uh, I thought the... The guys came out focused and ready to go. It's, you know, everything was a little bit new. We were all in a, our main meeting room and and just a sense of quote unquote normalcy of what it'll be like throughout the year. But I really am pleased. I thought the coaches had everybody prepared. You know, I thought equipment had everything rolling. I thought it was a, a very crisp day, and I thought uh, we turned up the energy a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's real now. They they were real before, but it you know obviously it counts in the win loss column, but. You know, we understand who we're playing, but our focus still remains on ourselves. We're still trying to figure out who we are in 2022. So uh, it's about the execution that we're doing. So, uh, again, I was extremely pleased with the effort. You know, we went ahead and went with the, the pads midway through practice, and uh, it, uh, they, didn't, they didn't bat an eye. It was awesome. Well, I really don't care to relive those moments. And, again, that's just the least favorite part uh, of the job is releasing uh, players that possibly fit that actually can play and they're good people and just the timing wasn't right for them. So that, that uh, I don't, I don't care to relive and, you know, but for the ones that are here, they, they understand that it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a privilege. It's a privilege and they came out and they're not taking anything for granted so far. Everybody's grateful, but ready to go to work. 
I did see this level of competition. The difference is we would, you know, we had it, we're preparing for an opponent where it was basically all, you know, our, our A group versus our A group all in training camp where we still had some of that. And so there was a good level of competition, but also there was a great level of preparation. But yeah, as you know, Louis, we're, we're always going to compete. Mike is a big guy. He's a big man. Uh, he's been a pro. You know, I've been, uh, you know, really, you know, I think he's done a great job in our D-line room. I think Randy, as always, has done a fantastic job with the D-line. And, you know, Mike has been around for a while, and we, we gave him some days off in training camp. And uh, it's, it's about the long haul, but uh, he's been a great addition. Uh, he's understanding our expectations and how we practice uh, here in Hamilton, but uh, he's working at it and uh, can't really say enough good things. Uh, he's Like I said, he's been a, not just a welcomed addition, but a nice addition. And, uh, you know, we, we want to see this through for the, for the whole season. That is the president of football operations and head coach of your Ticats, Orlando Staten Arrows. We caught up with him after practice today in person. Yes, back in the TELUS Media Center for the first time since 2019. You're going to talk about Micah Johnson there at the end, by the way. We'll hear from him in just a second. But I go back to the last time I was asking someone questions in that room. And I had to go back and, and check the, the schedule. And yes, it was 2019. Uh, the Eastern Finals, I want to say. East, uh, West, East Semifinals? I should know this. Uh, but I was great time because uh, I, I remember asking Dane Evans running out of the tunnel and, and seeing all the blocks. We had a blackout game here for the, the playoffs, and uh, his, his response was it was uh, freaking sweet. And that, that still sticks with me. And uh, we caught up with Dane after practice today. Here's what he had to say about being back home at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, not much. I mean, it's so much. It's it, McMaster's great, but it's so nice being here. We just, I think we have some of the best facilities in the league. So getting to be in your own locker, be in your own meeting rooms, kind of settle in like that. Um, especially because we have a lot of vets, you know, guys that were used to being here at Tim Hortons. It's, it's just nice to get back home. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad we're back. Yeah, it's good, man. I think we're doing some pretty interesting things uh, on offense. I, I like what our game plan is right now. Some of the things we're putting in, obviously some things are probably going to come out and all. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good day. Definitely room for improvement. Um, I know I can be better in a couple aspects, um, but I think overall for day one, week one, first practice as a team, real practice, I think it was pretty solid. And then don't even factor in like it was pouring rain at the beginning of practice too. So, but uh, no, it was it was a pretty good day. Yeah, no, for me, uh, I mean, just the conditioning aspect, like I don't expect myself to run 45 times a game, but um, there definitely is something to be said of being in game shape and being in like physical shape. Like I, I would classify myself as being in shape, but that's different than playing a game and being in game shape. So um, whether that's my arm or my legs, um, I'm doing stuff after and in between practices to be prepared to be able to play four quarters and an overtime if we need to. So. I mean, it's football. We got like pads on every part of our body. So that's just part of the game. Um, when I get hit, I'm just going to stand right back up and go do it again. Like I, it, it really doesn't bother me. Like I, it's football. Like you know what you sign up for. So you want, you want to happen early? Just to I mean, in a perfect hit. world, I would love not to get hit, right. but I'm not stupid. Like I know that's going to happen. Um, it, it'll just happen the way it happens. That's how this game always works out. I'll get hit. I'll probably get knocked down. Probably get shoved late after the play, and I'll stand right back up. So, no, they've been since I've been in the league. They've been a great team. Um, they always have 
uh, a great defense. Uh, I think their DC is pretty sharp. Um, Shivers, um, they have they always have a great front seven, and then on the back end, it's not it's not like they drop off there either. Like they have a great secondary as well. Um, so. We know we have a good challenge. Um, we know that there's going to be some crowd noise too. Um, we know it's always loud when we go there. Um, thankfully, we have a couple guys that have like experienced kind of the environment there, um, trying to simulate it in practice, you know, with the speakers and stuff. But it's different. Like I give them props on that. It's loud there, and, and anyone in the CFL knows it. Um, but we're going to prepare for it and we'll adapt. Um, but yeah, no, they have a great defense, and it'll be a good challenge for us, especially week one. That is the quarterback of the Hamilton Tirecats, Dane Evans, as we caught up with him after practice. And uh, one more piece of audio here and a reminder that full scrum is available at Ticats.ca. Uh, we got up with Micah Johnson. I wanted to get his perspective after his first training camp with the Ticats, how he's feeling heading into week one. Here's what he had to say. Feeling good, man. Just really, really excited. Um, just very excited, man, to get things started with the team for sure. Just, just filing in and trying to do my part. I think um, this organization has a lot of great leaders here, starting from the coaching staff. Um, the coaching staff from top to bottom, vocal leaders, you know what I mean? We have a lot of vocal leaders as well as players. So for me, man, it was just about fi um, filling in, filing in, doing, doing, showing them, showing guys, you know, what I'm about. And um, it's, 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 it's been fun. Uh, Coach Mark, cool, cool as heck, man. He, he, he's extremely, extremely knowledgeable. Um, I love the energy he brings. Every day, he's the same coach, day in, day out. And like I said, just just the knowledge that I've been, you know, gaining since I've been here from top to bottom, um, I think it's I think it's incredible. Uh, really, just the work they put in, man. Like you said, you know, um, we all see each other, we all watch each other. You know, um, especially you know when you're balling, you'll watch the other ballers and see who else is balling. And Teddy and Dylan are two guys that I was like, okay, man, these boys have been getting it for years. So when I came in the league, you know, uh, Teddy was a guy, you know, I was hearing about. And so the guy was watching film on way back then, so it was kind of cool um, to really be a part of it. And I think, you know, um, with us three rolling inside, we're going to be hell on wheels, man. It's, um, it's good chemistry. Both of them good, cool dudes, and both of them is hard workers. And I think that's what I really like about it. It's just the, just the hard work and the energy they bring. Uh, I mean, every, everybody, everybody says it's just another game, but you know it's extra on there. It's extra spice on there just because, you know, you know the guys, you know the team. I think it changes, you know, for guys if they felt like, you know, they were done wrong by the team or released or cut or didn't want to, like, they wanted to come back in the team, didn't sign them back. I don't have, you know, none of those type of ill feelings. You know, Sass wanted me back there. So for me, it was just, um, it'll be fun just seeing the guys you play with, seeing the guys um, and finally getting to play against guys. I mean, you know, going in practice, you kind of got to take it easy. So it's a few, few guys over there I get to hit for real. It's going to be fun. And that is Micah Johnson as we caught up with him after practice today. All right, very pleased now to be joined by the lead play-by-play -play voice of the CFL on TSN, Rod Smith. And Rod, I'm going to be honest, I'm literally sitting in your chair right now at Tim Hortons Field. The TSN broadcast booth is where I... A little secret is where I, I tend to work out of most days here at Tim Hortons Field. So I'm in your spot, uh, but just want to get your thoughts on uh, on the Ticats as they enter the season, the rest of the CFL. Uh, but it's just it's just nice to be back, isn't it? It really is. And in so many ways, you get the best seat in the house there, Louis B. I mean, uh, I, I think back to Grey Cup. I mean, the last time that I was there and not a great memory as it turns out for Ticats fans, but still uh, just a, a wonderfully done occasion. You know, what was coming out of a hard time in Hamilton, uh, you know, for the CFL. 
and uh, to see the great job that Hamilton did hosting that Grey Cup. And, you know, uh, yeah, Ticats fans wanted it differently. But overall, from a CFL perspective, it was a good show. And I'm really glad to see a full season getting started now. So I uh, can't wait. Yeah, fans at training camp was nice to see. Uh, we just wrapped up our first in-person uh, press availability. Uh, Steve Milton and I down there face-to-face with uh, yeah. with Coach Yo, and uh, there is a sense of normalcy that's that's great to be back. You mentioned the Grey Cup. A couple of things out of that I want to jump right into with you. One of them is Dane Evans, who got hurt in that game or who revealed to us that he was hurting leading up to the game. His neck was right. bothering him. And it was Jeremiah Masoli who finished it, but Dane Evans is the guy in Hamilton for the first time ever. Your thoughts on uh, number nine being handed this team? Well, it, uh, under different circumstances, had it been a backup, seeing the starter leave in free agency, there might be some questions. I don't have any questions about Dane Evans. He is a starter. He was a starter in 2019 when he took over for Jeremiah. Um, he started games in 2021 when Jeremiah got injured early on against Saskatchewan, Dane Evans is proven as was Jeremiah Masoli. I mean, that was a, it was a good arrangement for Alondo Steinauer to have last year using both of them, needing to use both of them. And, and it nearly paid off in a great cup win. But uh, I think Dane Evans is a, is a very good quarterback. And um, I guess the only difference is now, he goes in, uh, there's nobody looking over his shoulder. It is his job without question. And I'll be curious to see if that makes any difference at all for him. But I certainly expect, you know, very good things for Dane Evans. And that offense, I mean, they did lose Brandon Banks, but still the core of that offense is still there. And, um, you know, I, I, I think with Dane Evans in charge, I think that's still the team to beat in the East. And the offensive line, I, I remember last training camp, you know, Mike Filer retired in the first week. Chris Van Zyl got hurt. They were able to stay very healthy this year, and that's going to be a huge part. And you mentioned the offense coming back, and that consistency, especially with a full training camp and some preseason games, how do you feel like that's going to translate for the Ticats, who last season didn't start the year the way they wanted to? Yeah, and, and talking about changes and losses, Darius Scirocco going to – uh, Ottawa is certainly a, a loss for the Ticats too, but they have others that can step in. I still think it's an excellent offensive line. And what's interesting, Louis, last year, because of the injury to Brandon Banks early and Braylon Addison as well, we got to see Tim White. Later got to see parts of, you know, Poppy White and, and later more dramatically as a return guy. Um, but, uh, you know, Unger, Stephen Dunbar. I mean, so they, they introduced a lot of new receivers who have that experience under their belts heading into 2022. So I, I think it's that much better for um, that offense, I think, and hit the ground running more despite the loss of Brandon Banks and Scirocco, um in this season coming up. Let's talk about the other side of the football because one of the other storylines coming out of Grey Cup was Alden Darby and the way he played. And Ty Cats very familiar with him from his days as a member of the Toronto Argonauts. He's yeah. really embraced his role on this team, which is talking to coach about it today, which is anywhere. What does it mean to add a guy who's got that championship caliber experience, that that willingness to play anywhere to an already good Ticats defense? I was going to say an already good, uh, already good defense, bringing him in, obviously. I mean, that speaks for itself. The championship experience is going to be of value. And um, even though we're not talking about the same unit, that's important too. adding someone like him, adding someone like Micah Johnson after, you know, the uh, departure of Jagera Davis, which 
you know, let's face it, that's huge as well. I mean, he's uh, an outstanding defensive lineman, but I still, because of the addition of, uh, of Micah Johnson, you bring in an Al- Alden Darby um, and bringing in Richard Leonard as well. I mean, there's already good secondary for Hamilton, already strong defense um, from the front right back to the secondary that uh, certainly Darby's addition. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's definitely going to help not only on the field, but the leadership as well. Um, the kicking game was a, a bit of a concern for the Thai Cats last season. There was some inconsistencies, you know, mixed extra point, missed extra point. I go back to the Great Cup. It wasn't the best game for Joel Whitford. They brought in guys, they pushed him in camp, but the Thai Cats are going to start the same way at uh, at the kicking position with Mike Damagala and Joel Whitford. How do you feel like another a full year under their belt, a full second full training camp. How do you feel like those guys can grow as players? Well, I want to see how it goes. I mean, I was, I remember there was a game in Toronto uh, where I felt bad for Michael Damagala who missed, I believe it was an extra point that would have tied it. Yeah. Right. Was that the 17, 16 game? Yeah. And that they was ended the game up making... Dane got hurt in that game too. Right. It was right. Yeah. So the, the one in Toronto and, and, and uh, you know, Damagala, they were rotating kickers in. Um, I'm trying to remember the the, uh, the American kicker that they had coming through as well. Yeah. Um, and it was it was always a difficult spot on a good team in Winnipeg. Oddly enough, too, the best team in the West and the entire CFL had kicking troubles throughout the uh, season. I think Michael Damagala can be a very good kicker, and I'm glad to see he got a chance to come back after um, essentially a change being made um, at place kicker following that game in Toronto. So, um, but uh, it, to me, that is where, and I think it's justifiable saying it, the jury might still be out. Let's see how it goes with the kicking game. But I, I certainly, I certainly think that, that uh, Domagala and Whitford have the talent yeah. and, uh, and they're on a very good team. So, um, but that's going to be, that's going to be one of the things I think to watch for uh, as the season plays out. What else are you watching with this Cats group? I mean, we've talked about them being in back to back, Gray Cups coming up short. I mean, the, 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 the experience is there. What do the Ticats need to get over the hump, Rod? Well, uh, look how close, Louie, they came to getting over that hump oh. uh, last December. I mean, they're there, and there have been changes that we talked about, but they're still, to me, slightly, and I think slightly, the best team in the East because I think there's definitely been improvement with Ottawa, um, Montreal has certainly held its place. I'll be curious to see what happens with the quarterback situation with the Alouettes and, and then with the Argos. I mean, they added some significant pieces as well. And, and, um, you know, they were nearly the team, uh, in the East. They got first place ahead of Hamilton and, uh, and the Ticats had that great comeback in the Eastern final to win it and, and get to the gray cup. So, um, I still think it's Hamilton. I still think they have something to build on. I still think they have the core pieces to do it. Um, but I think there's more parity in the East Division than there was a year ago. I don't think Ottawa, of course, with a couple of with a f- several ex-cats, I should say, um, in, in the front office and also on the field, helping improve the Red Blacks. So um, I don't think there's going to be an easy out in the East Division. Might be the better division to start the season anyway, um, I would think, in the Canadian Football League. And we haven't seen that in a long time. So, um, you know, they'll, uh, they'll certainly have to earn it. It's going to be really interesting to see. No crossover team last year, which was nice too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just for, for purists uh, every once in a while. Nice to, nice to see no crossover. Yeah, absolutely. What else are you watching league wide? I mean, 2022 is, is a unique position for the CFL to, 
to reintroduce themselves to, to some fans to a certain aspect of it. Full stadiums from day one. How does the league, how do we capitalize on this moment of, uh, of the 2022 season? Well, um, I'll be curious to see how the changes, all designed to improve offense and scoring, kick in. Primarily the narrowing of the hash marks, uh, four yards per side, only nine yards apart now, of course, to uh, allow offenses, give them a better chance to use the entire field, um, you know, where the wide side isn't quite as wide and the, and the boundary, you know, isn't quite as, as tight anymore. Um, I'll be very curious about that. Some of the other rules designed in the kicking game on special teams to, to encourage uh, offense and good field position. So I want to see if we're looking at more points now and a more exciting brand of Canadian football league. Uh, aside from that, though, on the field, I am curious about Winnipeg. We haven't seen a true dynasty, and that's with respect to everything that Calgary did um, in the 2010s because the Stampeders were the team of that decade, but um, they didn't have the Grey Cup rings to show for it as much as they, they certainly could have, even though year in, year out, um, they were a dominant team. But Winnipeg is a chance to do something that uh, hasn't been done since the late 70s, early 80s, when Edmonton had a run of five championships and uh, the Bombers looking for the three-peat. So, and they still look good. Talk about keeping your core pieces together. Even though they lost Kenny Lawler, the leading receiver in the league, they brought in Greg Ellingson, and, and they still have Zach Kolaris, um, who has looked great in Winnipeg, of course. Um, very curious, primarily to, to see what happens there. And, and Ottawa, I, want, I, I really, with all the changes, Sean Burke coming in, uh, bringing in uh, Masoli and bringing in Jalen Acklin and Scirocco's mentioned and uh, Paul Lease, Paul Apple is still a, you know, uh, an excellent offensive mind who really didn't have the tools last year to work with. He does now. So I'm very curious to see how much Ottawa improves in that division. And the other one, um, uh, the Canadian quarterback, I don't think we've had reason to be this excited about a Canadian QB in the CFL, uh, in a long, long time in decades. Um, when you think about Nathan Rourke and what he could do with the BC Lions. So I can't help but follow that storyline too. I'm, I'm very captivated by that. It's, it's funny when you bring up the bombers going for a three peat, we've come a long way of worrying every single time, you know, Zach Caleros got hit. Right. I mean, it, there, right. there was a conception that Zach Caleros was one hit away from his CFL career being over. Now he's got two great cup rings and an MOP trophy uh, hanging somewhere uh, in his house. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting. We're excited to see you back as the lead play-by-play voice Thank on you. the CFL on TSN. Uh, you and Suits and uh, and everybody else are going to have a, a great call, and we can't wait to, to hear you and see you. So thanks for doing this, Rod. Thanks, Louis B. Keep that seat warm. I look forward to getting back there in about a week and a half. Sounds good. We'll see you here. It'll be the Great Cup game. Uh, sorry, the Great Cup, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, that will go down the Ticats home opener against the Stamps. He's Rod Smith. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Louis. My thanks to Rod Smith for joining me today, and my thanks to you as well. And hey, well, I got you here on the Ticats Audio Network. Why don't you go out ahead and check out the latest episode of the CFL this week. As host Bubba O'Neill was joined by the Hamilton Spectators, Steve Milton, Andrew Walker, and Jeff Hamilton. Let's talk about uh, everything heading into the 2022 regular season that'll do it for us today we are back tomorrow from tim horton's field make sure to like subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow me on twitter at louis b underscore tv from all of us here at the tie cats audio network i'm louis b hoping you have a great day today can be heard every weekday and we would like to hear from you 
Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.